Hello and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm John Engel. And I'm Mitch Bryan, and today we're looking at Minute 77, which begins with Lambert's deeply mournful face shot with a really wide lens, oh, and ends with Ripley exclaiming, it's the only... She's going to say it's the only way, but she just says it's the only at the end of the minute. And uh, today we're again joined by uh, Tyler Smith and David Bax from Battleship Retention Podcast. Thanks for coming back, guys. Oh, thanks for having us back. I was was worried we wouldn't get the... uh the invite to return. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought we were kind of on the bubble there. Yeah. It was okay. We talked it out and we said, give you another chance. Did you guys get a good night's sleep and everything? Yeah. Okay, good, no, good. I no. didn't. You're afraid. <laughs> You're so nervous. <laughs> well, guys, we're right in the middle of this meeting of the crew, the fractured crew. The crew is now pretty broken up. Um, their leader is gone and uh, it really establishes a strong dynamic for the scene because the way I look at it, you know, we know Ripley's in charge. We've set up the org chart throughout the film. It's been established that she's the next in line. Therefore, she's in charge. But I don't think anybody at this table is acknowledging that yet. Would you guys agree? Uh, I mean, I think maybe by the end of this minute, they're coming around on it. I mean, yeah. with the uh, uh, especially with the the way that she um, shouts down uh, Yafet Kodo in the way that uh, they're sort of framed and uh, with her in the primary foreground position which also i think uh, is in the the audio mix too she's louder than he is by the end of that 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 scene so i feel like this is this is that transition of like I, everyone yeah knows that technically ripley's in charge but this is ripley realizing i have to make it clear that i'm in charge and that's that's what's happening here and this is arguably that classic middle of the movie point where the protagonist, although we didn't know necessarily that she was the protagonist, um, sort of goes from being pushed against to pushing back. And she asserts herself pretty much dead center in the film. I, I think it's interesting, uh, David, that you bring up the composition of the shot and, and then the dynamic of the shot as, as the blocking is uh, plays out. Because there she is. She's in foreground. She's in foreground in the mix. And even more so as... I guess you kind of could say that Parker sort of retreats, not to get too far ahead in the minute, but uh, he asserts himself very strongly. He's He bucks up against her. He's very recalcitrant. And then he kind of moves further and further back into the frame, uh, out of focus, I believe, and then barely in the sound mix. There's a couple of things that he says in this minute that I never realized he said before until I looked at it this closely. So I think you're right about that, in that really, Scott, the way, he's, he's, the way they block this scene is asserting Ripley as the protagonist and as being in charge. But right at the beginning, um, she sort of defers back to Dallas, which makes sense. I think she refers back to his plan as being the only way to move forward. And Lambert immediately (laughs) bucks against that. And I think I find this a really funny moment in a a way where you get your standard question. Well, you got a better idea and you would think Lambert might go, I don't know. We should. Nope. She goes, yes, I have a better idea. Like right away. Yes, I do. Here it is. We're going to get on the show. We're going to blow this thing up and we're going to take our chances. And man, I, uh, yeah, I got to kind of agree with her. I think this is another good idea. What kind of shuttle yeah. only takes four people though? That's a big problem. Do you guys ever think about that when you're watching this movie, how weird that is? And I think that she even says it won't take four. So yeah. we got three, yeah. um, maybe even two. Wait, yeah, uh, we actually don't know, do we? Yeah. That's a good point. That it t- We don't know that it takes three either. She says done doesn't take four. Okay. What I, what I, here's, okay, so there, I've got so many thoughts right now. 
Uh, one of them is that Lambert, and I think this is a this is a, the perfect time to bring it up. Lambert reminds me of the character. I think his name is Harry in Night of the Living Dead. Now Harry is an asshole, and he's very aggressive, and he's often quite annoying. But he's right. He's always right. He's the one saying the cellar is the safest place. He's always the one saying that. And you know, and even though our protagonist is 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 Ben, and we're inclined to be more on his side, where does he wind up alone? Why the cellar? And just in the same way, uh, Lambert is saying, "No, let's get out of here." Now Ripley does have the argument that the shuttle won't take four, but at the same time, when it, when you know when the chips are down. Uh, first off, when she finds out about uh, who Ash is, that's when she's like, okay, we're going to go into space. Uh, Lambert was right. Um, But even so, the protagonist winds up doing the exact same thing that the panicky person said was the right thing to do, which I think means in a horror movie, listen to the most scared person. (laughs) Because they're the ones ones that are most invested in uh, their own survival, it would appear. That's a really good point. I mean, I think I've been, we've been saying that all along about Lambert and hadn't quite articulated it quite that way, but I don't know. It, again, I think it's another instance of people not listening to her because of how she's saying it. I, I yeah. mean, I, and I say that knowing that there's this situation with a shuttle, which feels very writerly. I mean, this is one of those moments where maybe you're right in the scene and and you're right. Oh, Lambert, Lambert wants to get out of here. So they get, there's a shuttle. Yeah. Let's write them getting in the shuttle wait, no, that's got to be a bad idea. How do we make that a bad idea? Well, let's just make it that they can't put four people on it. And that's just seems a little writerly. I th- it feels a little Titanic yeah. too, you know, that. Yeah. I was going to say, I feel like the, uh, the family members of the, of the crew of the Nostromo have, uh, a case for a lawsuit against Wayland Yutani. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. uh, that's probably true. Most of the time of what we know about Wayland Yutani <laughs> and, it's not exactly like uh, the Nostromo is not necessarily up to OSHA standards here. Let's just say there's some things going on that we've been questioning as we yeah, come a lot, of, along. a lot of dripping water. A lot, yeah, a lot of strangely <laughs> dripping water for a spaceship. <laughs> um, another thing that I wanted to say is that, as you mentioned, um, this is when the protagonist is revealed to be the protagonist, or and one another way to look at it, it's, it's when the lead is revealed to be the lead. Um, and it's not merely that she asserts herself against uh, Parker. It's, it's the change in tone from Parker to Lambert, Lambert to Parker, if, which mirrors how, what both of those characters are. Parker is obviously you know, just pure anger and rage and just wants to get things done and all that sort of thing, whereas Lambert also wants to get things done. The thing she wants to get done is leaving, but... She's also very emotional, and if you look at the way Ripley deals with both, she yells at Parker, but she's very quiet and comforting to Lambert, and that shows that she is quite possibly a a better leader than Dallas was, um, because she can address the specific concerns and the specific tones of her crew members, and in that moment, it's not merely that, well, she's the next in command, and so I guess that's who we, the audience, are going to root for. When we see her adaptability um, to the situation, I think, and then and then she, you know, I think this is in the next the next minute, but uh, you see her uh, responding to Ash with suspicion 
and incredulity. And so this is the moment when Ripley becomes Ripley. Uh, and when Sigourney Weaver, I'm not sure if I'd say it's when she became a movie star, but it's when it's, it's in this moment that you see the strength of Ripley really come out. I guess there's earlier when she does not want to um, let Kane's body in, but even then in that moment, we, the audience are still like, are you kidding? Let him in. Come on. Um, but in this moment, when some people are panicking and some people are getting angry, she's keeping a cool head and managing these various personalities. And I think it's a, a wonderful moment. And it's it kind of is genius too, that given she's second in command, it is at the moment where she is really and truly second in command, you know, in terms of the narrative that she asserts herself. So it's never a, a something about her jumping over the chain of command. It falls to her and she's right on the money. And, and we, the audience are like, Oh, I guess she's going to run the show for the rest of the movie. Yeah, and we've we've talked a little bit about Ripley's arc uh, as a character or lack thereof, perhaps. Uh, we've talked about how interesting it is that she kind of is the she is who she is throughout the entire movie. She just adapts, like you said, Tyler. She's adaptable. She um, she's able to assert herself in situations. She's able to move ahead in difficult circumstances, and that's really what her journey is. The scene is sort of a microcosm of what we've seen before. We've seen her try to put Ash in his place before. We've seen her dealing with Lambert. It's not as, as obvious there. We've seen her try to get Parker in line, but she's never been the one in charge. The only time she was in charge, truly, was when they were all off the ship, and she did take charge there. She may, be a, may have been a little bit more passive then than she is now, or a lot more passive, but she was still taking charge. She was not going to let those people in. And, uh, you know, Ash um, undermined her authority there. So really, all of this has been there. It's just been under the surface. She hasn't been actually in authority. Now that she's actually in authority, we see the character come fully to fruition. So yeah, it's a, it's it's shrewd bit of writing, really. Uh, her characterization, and like I said, her arc, or for lack of a better word, arc, is a beautiful thing. I think it's a makes her one of the great characters for sure. Well, do you want to say something about this moment with uh, Parker? This argument that's going on between the two of them. Yeah, have you guys ever checked out the script, the Walter Hill script, or any of the screenplays? No. I haven't, but I know that this moment is not necessarily heavily improvised, but I know that it's there's there's some uh, improvisation there as far as uh, on the part of uh, Yafet Koto. Well, as far as I can tell, it's heavily improvised. There's a lot of stuff that goes on in this scene that's not on the page. And uh, specifically, this is interesting, because Yafet Koto, or Parker, is so recalcitrant here he's so he's bucking up against her so hard in the screenplay there's literally a line that says parker is impressed with ripley's authority and this is early (laughs) in the scene there's absolutely none of this in the screenplay or any other uh the novelization whatever draft they took that from the illustrated novel i don't remember any of this so this was really you know ridley scott says on the commentary for the blu-ray that he told yafet koto to wind her up and um, you get hints of it throughout the movie that Yafet Koto might have taken a lot of pleasure in doing that anyway with Scorny Weaver. There's the go back to your steam pipe scene and so on. You can see this, like the seeds of winding her up. But in this case, uh, he didn't really tell Sigourney Weaver, as far as I can tell, he didn't tell her this was going to happen. This was basically, okay, let's play this scene out and just go with it. And um, Yafet Koto really, really, really winds her up in strange ways too. Um, there's a particular line. It's one of those lines that's really low in the mix where she says um, it's moving through the air ducts and he tries to interrupt her. And this is when she really shouts him down. 
she says, Parker, listen to me. She yells that. And then she says, it's in the air. It moves around the air ducts. And he said, you don't know that. <laughs> well, earlier, I think it was minute 68 or so. He says in a big close up, there's no doubt it's moving through the air ducts. That's his <laughs> own line. <laughs> so it's very funny. Uh, there's so many ways you could read this. Either it's it's probably the improvisation in Yafet Kato, just going with it and not uh, realizing he was contradicting himself. Or you could read it into the character of Parker as he's going to contradict her even if he has to contradict himself to do it. So I don't know which which one do you guys think. I'm sure I, I'm sure it's just the the former, and yeah. it was Yafet Kato on set trying to do whatever he could uh, to to keep the the tension. Um, but uh, I think that yeah, the the latter uh, interpretation that works. That'll that's good enough for government work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you guys have plugged the uh, the Blu-rays up and down because they're first off they're visually gorgeous, uh, but then also from a supplement standpoint, uh, it's great. And uh, Veronica Cartwright tells this story about Yafa Koto winding up uh, Sigourney Weaver and at one point he's improvising and then just drops character completely like he's he's not Parker and he just talks about like it's like who the hell are you it's like and he says I have a fucking following you know <laughs> yeah. uh, and like he's talking about it as an actor at this point and it's just but that's the thing is it's it's a nice mo- it's a nice moment because well this is this is the future he could be talking about Twitter that's, that's true that is true <laughs> Yeah, Parker's oh social God. media presence. You know. Oh, if somebody has not set up a fake Parker Twitter <laughs> that just says, I'm Parker, I'm a mechanic on the Nostromo, I have a fucking following, uh, then like somebody is, we're all doing it wrong. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure somebody's going to do that now. You've well, thrown that out there for everyone. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, the thing that gets me, and David was talking about the composition earlier, and it got me thinking because it's something I didn't think about, is that... From, from a blocking standpoint, and obviously as a function of camera placement as well, in stage terms, uh, Parker's literally trying to upstage Ripley uh, because she's looking away from the camera and, and we're meant to be looking at him, not at her because she's looking at him. And in that way, it's almost like, okay, so who are we gonna who are we looking to 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 take care of this alien? Well, this guy, he's where our eyes are going. He's the most assertive person. And then she literally said, yells for him to shut up. Uh, <laughs> she literally yells for him to shut up as if to say, no, this is my movie. You're not taking it away from me. And it's just and then he follows it up with let's hear it. And so he's literally telling us, the audience, listen to her and I'll listen to her as well. And it's just a it's a wonderful moment on, on a number of levels. Well, maybe that's why that's why he brought in this his stature as an actor, you know, in the improv, like to get her thinking that way. I think you know that would make yeah. sense. That maybe now she's she's playing up this this is my movie angle instead. You may have a following, but it's my goddamn movie, <laughs> right? Yeah. All right. Does anybody have anything else for this minute? Nope. All right. Well, uh, you guys want to remind the listeners one more time, any place that you can be found on the internet? Uh, well, the the main place, the hub of it all, is battleshippretension.com. That's where uh, all things uh, Battleship Pretension and all things Tyler and David uh, uh, reside and can be found. You can email us at david at battleshippretension.com or at tyler at battleshippretension.com. And we are on Twitter at Tyler Pretension and Davey Pretension. And you can find us at AlienMinute.com. Follow us on Twitter at AlienMinutePod. 
uh, Instagram, Alien Minute Podcast, or follow us, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Uh, you can also go over to our Tee Public store and grab a t-shirt or a coffee mug or something if you feel so inclined. Um, all right, well, that'll do it for Minute 77. We'll be on to Minute 78 tomorrow. <laughs>